everybody, welcome back to PD and P-Dubs Unscripted on this Wednesday, deeper dive into God's Word. Today we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verses 23 through 33. But before we get into that, uh, great to see PD in the house again. Yeah. How are you doing? Good, good to see you, P-Dubs, here in the beautiful studio here at Emmanuel. We need to come up with a name for the studio. I think so, too. And uh, hopefully you friends are... Hearing the difference, uh, we're certainly hearing it without the background echo uh, that all the labor of our of our gentlemen who put this together is really coming to fruition. This, it sounds great for us, hopefully for you guys. Yeah, so we're appreciative of that and hope you guys appreciate the new sound that we have going on here on PD and P-Dubs Unscripted. Indeed. So um, as we go into God's Word today... Why don't you open up your Bibles to John chapter 16 or your devices or your phones or your tablets, however you get into God's Word. And um, do you want to split this up again? Sure. I just feel a little weird because, you know, being the millennial here, I actually had the physical copy of the Bible, and you have the digital version on your phone going here. Yeah, I, I got my study Bible here, but then I'm looking on the, the phone because... It's easier for me to read. I don't know. I feel like I should be the one on my phone being a millennial here. Well, I'm trying to measure up to you. You're brother. trying to be hip I, here. I am. I'm a hip man. I'm. I'm. I'm with it, baby. You, you know. know. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. I don't know how we want to divide this up. I mean, uh, do I go 23 through 28 for verses and 29 through 33? This sounds like a deal. I All guess, right. I can start us off. Why don't you do that? So yeah, it begins by saying, "In that day." You will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you, that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and I have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father, and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things, and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. And man, that last verse, that whole or last two verses, talking about you'll have tribulation in the world. Isn't that the truth? Oh, man. It's like beckoning on our doorstep every day, it seems like, right. doesn't it? You know, and every generation thinks, oh, it can't get much worse than what it is. Mm-hmm. And then the next generation happens, and it's like, oh, it did get worse. It actually did. Yeah. Um. You know, I was thinking about figures of speech. You know, well, there, there's, our English language is loaded with them. 
And, uh, you know, especially like in baseball parlance, there's a lot of figures of speech. Like um, one one that I can think of is like uh, when, you know, there's a batter up there and the crowd is yelling, hey, show them where you live out there, kid. Show them where you live. Well, I've never you, heard, you never heard that phrase? That must be an old person phrase. Oh, my goodness. Come on. So that meant like, you know, hit the ball like far to where your house is. Uh-huh. Show them where you live. And, you know, there were times in my own little sarcastic mind, I'm like, well, my house is behind home plate. That would be a foul ball. Why do I want to <laughs> hit it there? <laughs> I mean, I've heard like watching a Sox game, like, oh, they hit that one to like Naperville or some random yeah. suburb in the area. So uh-huh. I guess it's that same concept of just hit it really far. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hit that ball a country mile. Country mile. What's a country mile? Uh, is it different than a city mile? I guess so. Or a suburban mile? They must be, otherwise they wouldn't make that differentiation. Um, I, I bet you the White Sox, when they played in, in the Field of Dreams, oh, didn't, oh, didn't Tim Anderson oh, hit that ball oh, a he, country mile Tim to Anderson, win the game? Tim, oh, yeah, Tim Anderson hit that a country mile. So in, did Into the cornfield. Corn let's be honest, that was a really awesome game. Yeah, I think it was scripted, but who am I? Well, I mean, it won't have the same appeal this year with the Cubs and the Reds playing. Oh, it'll be glorious. What, what the, a teams. Will the Reds even have 20 wins by then? It doesn't matter. This is this is historical games. You know, the the original teams. Okay, the Cubs, are, gonna, the Cubs are probably going to get no hit and still win the game somehow, <laughs> like the Reds have already done this year. You're playing a minor league Reds team. Come on. Uh we were playing the Yankees. Yeah, but what other what other figures of speech have you heard? Well, of? I think of like you know NBA basketball from downtown. When oh some, yeah, when somebody hits a three or from NBA Jam, he's heating up. He's heating up. He's on fire. He's on, oh yeah, and I boom shakalaka. <laughs> oh, love oh, these good old NBA Jam. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so like, uh, I don't know. I'm only coming up with ones that are in sports. Sport. Well, even like you know going back to baseball, like in the you know, hey, you're in the hole. You know, yeah. Or it's like, what? yeah. What's uh, who's on deck? Uh, who's mm-hmm. in the hole? Or it's like, what is that? Oh. The guy really in a hole? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? He's in the hole. I mean, oh, he's down some steps, I guess, in the dugout. Yeah, but maybe that's the hole on deck. Like, is there are there wooden planks that he's on? He's on deck. Yeah. Is he on a ship? But it just yeah. means he's standing in a circle and he's the next batter. You know? Right. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Our language is loaded with figures. And as of you know, as you're talking, I think to our pastor's conference we had up at Lake Delvin when we had the pastor that's a Jewish rabbi as well within the LCMS talking about the idioms and like mm-hmm. and as we talked about how amazing his the when you break down what the Aaronic benediction is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's all sorts of linguistic uh, idioms or figures of speech and yeah, Jesus is telling his disciples in this gospel reading that he's no longer going to speak in figures of speech, that he's going to speak plainly to them. So, you know, a lot of times in figures of speech, just like when I said, you know, show them where you live, you had no idea what I was talking about. Oh, well, nobody uses that phrase these days. Man, oh man, that was that was a that was a winner. I know we know? want we want a pitcher, not a belly itcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that saying. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and you wonder what the disciples were thinking. Were they thinking, good, finally. Finally, can we just, we're so confused. We just want you to be literal of what you're saying, not figurative. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, like, you know, we heard it from them. Ah, 
Now you're speaking plainly to us, not using figurative speech. And so, uh, and then Jesus really just, you know, says, well, now you believe, you know, what, what, what just now, you know, you wonder how many times, you know, at the fire talk about Jesus just wanted to hit his forehead. Like now you guys are finally getting yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's probably what our seminary professors did, you know, with us in our classes, like, Oh, the light bulb finally went on. Oh, there's another figure of speech. Um, But anyway, um, so, yeah, that's just a little fun with the figures of speech. But Jesus is, um, you know, he's kind of talking before he goes to the cross, trying to tell his disciples what's going to happen. Like, what are the events? And uh, he speaks plainly to them, like, you're all going to leave me. You're going to scatter. You're all going to go home. And I'll be left by myself, but you know what? I'm not by myself. I'm with my father. Right. And um, but even that, like you know, you say that, but but you know, wasn't he also separated from the father when he cries out, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" On yeah, where he felt abandoned by mm-hmm. yeah, he took on the weight of the sin of the world, right? Right. So there he was. I feel truly all alone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, here he says, I'm not alone, the Father's with me. And here's why he's saying these things to his disciples, preparing them for what's going to happen on the cross so that uh, they may have peace when all these things go down. Uh, and then he says, you know, in this world, you know, take heart. In this world, uh, you'll have tribulation. Uh, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And uh, that's really what's coming down the pike is, oh, there's another figure of speech coming down the pike. I'm just loaded with them. Man, how many of these can we get in on this podcast (laughs) here today? Where's our little, we need a little counter up on here. Ding, ding, like a little bell. Yeah, like, boom. Keep track. For those at home, keep track of how many times P-Dubs comes up with these figures of speech. Figures of speech. Uh, But yeah, like what's coming down the pike is, you know, Jesus is going to die. They're going to be worried about their own safety. They are going to be scattered. Right. And, uh, but Jesus says, you know, I want you to know this so you have peace when it goes right. down and uh, that I've overcome all the problems that will confront you. Right. And, you know, putting that in our own context here, we all have those tribulations that when we're in them, mm-hmm. it does feel like we're all alone and that's all we can see and it's just dragging us down and we forget that last half there that Jesus has already overcome these things. But in the midst... Sometimes it can be hard to find and find comfort in that fact. Yeah, we get like uh, tunnel vision, like we can't see our way out of things. And uh, it really drags us down. And like the, the, the trials and the tribulations become so consuming that we just feel like we can't find a way out. And that's where we need to know that Jesus has gone down into those pits for us. And, you know, thinking about that, like when we're in those midst of those tribulations, it might be one of those, like, I'm so far underneath all this, what's the point of even trying to get unburied underneath all this weight? Like, think back to times in school, and it's like, here's all the assignments that you got to do, or here's a big paper you got to write. It's like, well, how am I going to do that? How am I going to get all that accomplished? You don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I mean, I kind of I shared with you earlier a little a little sampling of kind of feeling overwhelmed on Monday when I went to my house in Fort Wayne. We got a couple of room projects going on, and I thought they were going to be done, uh, but it turns out that they weren't done. And then the state of the rooms was like chaotic, and my goal was to put the house up for sale the next day because I had to be back home that night 
And I just felt like, I don't even know where to start. I feel overwhelmed. Like, oh, this is, this is horrible. You know, I, but I kind of stepped back and I, I knew my guy was coming later in the day to complete things. And I, I just kind of like, okay, just take a breath, assess. Okay, here's what I can do to keep progress going until he comes to finish the stuff that I can't do. And, uh, and in the end, it worked out. It took a long time. It was exhausting. Uh, I didn't leave there until like 1030 their time. Are you sure about that? I saw an email where you said you got back at 2 p.m. Well, I left. That's what I'm saying. I left Fort Wayne. I got back oh, you're oh, even... 2 p.m., not 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, come on. Now I saw the email. You oh, got yeah. back at 2 p.m. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a bleary-eyed email that I sent to my team and said, I'm not coming in. I didn't get home till 2 p.m., and I'm at 2 a.m. Uh, we know the truth here. Oh, it's all coming out now. You know, I just wanted to play hooky. Right. <laughs> So, um, well, there's another figure of speech. Oh man, yeah. you're just like you I know, think that's my life. It's like PD. Pun- it's like the punch buggy, like when you're driving. I think oh, punch buggy. Yeah, <laughs> you're just figure of speech. Figure of speech. Oh, here's another one. Uh, padiddle. Has anybody ever heard of a padiddle? My wife yelled that out to me the other day. Well, she didn't yell it. She just said it. And uh, well, padiddle is. Uh, oh, I'm really dating myself. This is my parents kind of taught me this. Um, like, so if you're on a date with a girl, okay, and you see a car approaching that has one headlight out, that's a padiddle, and that is a reason to kiss the girl. And so you just say padiddle, and you kiss the girl. And so that gives you, you know, proper reason to give her a kiss. And it, it's fun. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I was wondering, right, it's like, why does it have to be on a date when you see just one car, one light? Well, that's why. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, you know, I had to listen to the rest of the story. Yes, to get, yes you did. Yes, you, what about, you know, is, is this a figure of speech? Knock him on their sweet bippy? <laughs> <laughs> is that? I think it is. I mean, I don't know. I love when Hawk Harrelson said that. What about, is a sweet bippy? I don't know. I think we tried to look it up when, like, <laughs> for those that don't know, Pat, P. Dubs and me love this time when John Lackey was... Being very mean to White Sox players and hitting them left and right. And Hawk Harrelson was like, when's Lackey coming up to bat? Can't wait to knock him on his sweet bippy. <laughs> it's the greatest thing. You can YouTube this video. Oh, oh, it is hilarious. And, you know, yeah, there's another phrase that pays or whatever. Uh, funny stuff. Um, I feel like it's a Seinfeld episode. What What in the world is a sweet bippy? <laughs> So, okay, so we have our figures of speech counter, and you probably need to do, like, Seinfeld references, like, counters, because there seems to be a lot of Seinfeld references. Yeah, we're, we're, um, <laughs> we're uh, dogs who don't know any new tricks. No. Uh, so, anyway, back to the gospel. So, um, yeah, that, time, that feeling of being overwhelmed. You feel like there's no way out, and you're in this pit, and you really need... You don't have the ability to do it. And so, like, Christ takes us out of that. But what he does say is that I want to tell you these things so you have peace in the middle of tribulation. And uh, I got this phone call today uh, by one of our members whose uh, spouse has been dealing with uh, cancer for four years. And uh, he had a brain tumor, and um, it metastasized through his brain, and he was given very little time to live. Well, that was in 2018. And so uh, 
the the wife calls me up and says, hey, I just want you to know, just thank you for all your prayers from our congregation. Thank you for praying for my husband every Sunday, including him in the prayers. Because you know what? We're here four years later, and we've been granted time that we didn't think we were going to have. We were through going through this tribulation of this tumor, and it's growing. And, and she said, you know, now... Um, after some chemo, we've done some tests, and now it's growing into another part of his body, metastasizing. And so you would think in the middle of hearing this second news of like, well, now it's getting worse again, mm-hmm. that this person would be like, well, what, why? We, haven't we been through enough? But this person called to give thanks to God for the prayers of the faithful people, and for God's gracious hand to give her and her husband four more years together. And like, they don't know what the future holds with this new chemo treatment. It could be a couple more months, but she has this spirit of thanksgiving and peace. It was remarkable. And that's that peace that surpasses all understanding that I think that's in Philippians where it talks about that peace that surpasses all understanding that is ours through Christ. Yeah. And you wonder what like maybe outside world thinks of that. Maybe those who are not Christian, like, how can you be thankful in that situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's counting your blessings, you know, because you have that extra time that you didn't think you're going to have. Yeah, and and Jesus has faced, you know, very every trial humanly probably that we have, but um, and he's overcome it. And so, by us being connected to him, I think that sheds off the "why me" syndrome. Uh, the ability to go there. Like I'm sure many Christians still do in those moments and who would blame them. But the ability to have this, like I I could just hear the joy in her heart and her voice. It was really amazing. Yeah. I mean, so that's that thing that Jesus has already overcome then. That's where our faith comes out because even in those trying times, we know that Christ has overcome that. Mm -hmm. When you were sharing that a little bit earlier, you know, I kind of thought a little bit to my own life with my grandmother who passed away last May, almost a year ago now. But, you know, like 10 years ago now, I can't remember the exact timeline, they said she had maybe two years tops to live. And I remember, like, my mom calling me and telling me that and thinking, this is horrible. Like, this will be the first person that I really lost that I really knew because of grandfathers died when I was really little. So I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. And just, like, thinking, especially at that time, I was down in Salem at my first church. And thinking, oh, I won't be there, probably won't be able to see her that much, and oh, have right. those, those different things. And thankfully, you know, she proved those doctors wrong and lived another, like, nine years. Mm. She outlived it by seven years. And so even when she did pass last year, I mean, it was hard. But it was also like, you know, I'm blessed that I was 36 years old, that I got to know my grandma for 36 years, mm-hmm. that her mind was still intact and going pretty good for a 96-year-old lady right. when she passed, and that I was able to have those times and have those special times of moving back up to this area for to work here at Emmanuel, being able to bring her communion at my parents' house and have those one-on-one conversations with her and thinking that the last church service she attended in person was my installation here at Emmanuel. Mm. So that, I, mean, I remember I, that. Yeah, so I mean, there were some of those like, yeah, we knew she was getting older and her heart was in a bad shape, but I can look back and be like, you know what? I was blessed that we had those extra seven years, those extra memories. Mm-hmm. And even with her passing, yes, it was hard. 
But how many people can say, you know, I know my grandma, had my grandma in my life for 36 years and have good connection memories like that. I mean, when you compare it to like my grandfather's, between both my grandfathers, I have like three memories and that's all my grandfather and my mom's side. Mm. Well, and I was thinking as you're telling the story, how, how often prayers went up for your grandma, right? you know, from that diagnosis through those 10 years, uh, even to the end of her days, you right. know, uh, she had a few times where... You weren't too sure she'd get right. through it, and she's like the ever ready bunny, and yeah, she'd the everlasting pop up and, bunny and energizer bunny. Yeah, and uh, and so you know, you coupled those prayers that were going up for your grandma, the prayers for this member who was uh, thanking the church for the prayers. You know, it takes me back to the beginning of this reading, um, where Jesus says, "In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask." Of me, the whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you, and uh, it's just the power of prayer, right? And like, it's not a genie rub the bottle kind of thing. It's right. just trying to be aligned in the Father's will for our lives. So, if we approach God in faith, asking, He will give us what we need to receive. Right. It's what's within. That's something I think is important. That it's within God's will. It's not like. God, please give me a million dollars. God, please let the Bears win a Super Bowl. Or mm-hmm. At least have a quarterback that I can say is good. Yeah, right. But uh, those aren't things according to God's will. Like mm-hmm. if he blesses that, awesome. But those aren't things that we pray for. Right. I mean, um, I don't know that that um, the wife prayed for four more years with her husband specifically. I don't know if you prayed for 10 more years to be with your grandma. But you probably prayed... For a little bit more time with you know right. them, or to bless them with healing, or grant them, yeah, like grant them your healing. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that I sometimes try to include that in prayers of healing at Emmanuel during the services, like God heal them according to Your will. Mm-hmm. And sometimes His will isn't our will, and that might mean taking that person home to be with them in heaven. Yeah, but we can still find that hope in knowing that the resurrection of Christ, that person is in heaven because of their faith. You know, and that gets to the flip side of that, too, because a lot of people have prayed in faith, asked in Jesus' name for specific things. Uh, I can think of another person that we know uh, whose spouse passed away, and they were praying emphatically. They had lots of people praying for them, and uh, his spouse passed away. And he's like, it shook him, because he's like, I was believing in God's word that, you know, ask in my Father's name, and it will be given to you. And But yet my wife died. And wow, that was a, a, sh, you know, a shakingness. Uh, right. you talk about a time of tribulation in his faith. Uh, but thankfully he's come out the other side of that and really seen God's goodness in the time that he prayed, uh, that he had with his wife, and knew that his wife is healed. And, and he kind of came to that realization. Right. He goes... You know, it became more than words of of knowing that, yeah, my wife will ultimately be healed when she dies and goes to heaven. But that's, in fact, complete healing. Right. And why would I not be satisfied with that? Right. And I know I'll see her again. So, But our earthly self mourns for that, and yeah. that's where we struggle. It shows you the depth of which grief takes us, you know. Right. Yeah, because I know I saw one of my good friends, his father passed away randomly this week because of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, reaching out to that person and, you know, 
offering my condolences, but even that person understanding, like, you know, our hearts grieve, but we also have that hope and that grieving with hope and knowing that my father believed I'll see them again and just that comfort, and which to the outside world is kind of weird. Like, how can you find comfort when you lost a loved one? Right. And that's why I'm so thankful that Jesus in this topic spoke plainly. You know, when you're talking about going through difficult times, such as loss of a loved one, to know that you will be granted peace in the middle of that uh, and and to know that Jesus has overcome what the world throws at us, and if we're connected to him, we can overcome with him, that's that's really an incredible thing to know. Right, and you know, even for those that are listening right now, and you might say, I don't know, I've been through those times. Mm-hmm. And even when you lose someone, you can still have that pain hit you at random times. Oh, so we're not just sure. saying like, it's oh, all gone. It's all gone. No. You're going to have those on maybe certain days or anniversaries of certain things. But know that you can still go to Christ for that strength to give you a piece of saying, you know what, we know where that person is. I know where I'm going to see them again. Mm-hmm. Yes, my earthly body and my earthly mind and heart are grieving, but I know where they are with certainty. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is it's not a transactional thing. If I do, then I will get immediately. It's not like an immediate exchange. For this, this is a journey uh, uh, through this valley that we have to go through. But in in the process, the Lord give, cares for us and and gives us that peace. Right. Um, and so, you know, the prayer is heard, but there's something that that the Lord is with us, carrying us through those difficulties and getting us out to a point of healing where we can feel like he's cared for us. Right. You know, um, so it's, it's it's not just, uh, hey, I prayed the prayer. It didn't happen today. I'm still right. feeling rotten. Right. And, you know. And that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But God hasn't forsaken you. Jesus hasn't left you. He's still there, and we just need to lean into him. Yeah, and... Um, you know, I think of like uh, like when my mom was ill, she was bedridden for a long time. She prayed daily for the Lord to take her home. And, you know, as you see your loved one decline physically and mentally, and but her faith was always strong, I just, I found myself praying, Lord, please take her. But he didn't. Like, you know, in those days or even the weeks following, she still had to go through that. But... In that time that I got to spend with my mom are probably the most valuable times that I had with my mom when I heard her praying to her God. And I was like allowed into that like really holy place. And to hear my mom's heart and faith ask the Lord for things. And I thought, man, that's going to stick with me for all my days. And that's kind of going to the point as you were initially talking there, I was saying about, you know, I mean, visiting people that are elderly. I've had people say... Why why isn't God taking me home? Mm-hmm. And the response I've always said is, well, God still has a plan for you. God still has a purpose. And that's maybe why your mom held out as long as she did for that final, that purpose. Maybe. To yeah. have that lasting image that you have. Mm-hmm. It could be one reason, you know. Right. Uh, God God has a variety of reasons uh, that maybe we'll never know. But uh, that's where our trust comes in him. So, um, yeah, so good stuff here about 
the digging into the scripture a little bit about like the world does seem to overcome us right. sometimes. But is that, in another, him, is that another figure of the speech digging into God's word? Because mm-hmm. you're not literally digging yeah, into I don't it. have a shovel. No. Uh, good one. Yeah. yeah see? All right. You're on it. I'm, lear- I'm learning from the master here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so when you feel overcome by the world and all its trials and tribulations, just realize that Jesus has overcome the world for each and every one of us. And that is our hope that pulls us out of the depths of, of our sorrow. Yeah. So do you have any lasting uh, figures of speech before we end here for today? Hmm. Putting you on the spot here. Now yeah, you're struggling you a are. little bit. Yeah, I'm, I kind of hit a duck snort on that one. Oh, um, that's a great hawkism right there <laughs> for all those White Sox fans out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll have to punt that one down the field a bit. Oh, hey, well, hey, hey. well done. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so thank you for everybody tuning in as we took a little bit deeper dive into John 16 and God's blessings. Mm-hmm.